we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Slowly but surely, I think states are starting to fall, well, some at least are starting to fall in line. I, I wonder how long it would take for some of these states to come to their senses. Uh, and I'm talking about, of course, this, uh, this pushback against unsafe COVID-19 vaccines. People are pretty hot about this, as they should be. And uh, that's where we're going to start today. My fellow Americans, welcome into the broadcast. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here along with my co-host. Dr. Peter McCullough from the great state of Texas. The great state of Texas. Oh boy, I'll tell you what, so but you were in Arizona recently. I was, I was there in Arizona and as you're right, the states one by one are starting to hold hearings, starting to uh, become aware that they are not getting the service and the protections from our federal agencies certainly with respect to the pandemic response, both with the infection and the vaccines. Yeah. You know, this latest one, tell us more about this one in Arizona now. It got uh, it got pretty, um, well, pretty passionate, I guess. I mean, I don't want to say ruckus, but pretty passionate, huh? It did. You know, uniquely what uh, Arizona is doing, and I know uh, Pennsylvania did it once, is they actually invite some people who have been injured through the pandemic process, whether it be in the hospital with some hospital atrocity with the vaccine, <laughs> to actually come forward and give their testimony. You mean and you mean people who went through the uh, the, the the real ex the life experience? Yes. What a, what a novel idea, Peter. Huh? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so in the Arizona said what they did is they actually uh, formed a novel coronavirus southwestern intergovernmental committee. So it's both the Arizona House and the Arizona Senate. Right. And it's chaired by uh, Senator Janae Champ, who's formerly a nurse, and T.J. Shope, who is a, a businessman who's a senator. And the House of Representatives, uh, you know, key person there is Steve Montenegro. And uh, they've done a very good job. They've brought in different uh, people to testify and I'm a standing member on the committee. And what really struck me was a young woman who came forward. Her name is Callie Varner. Mm -hmm. Callie Varner. And she's a media personality. So she works in the uh, pro sports betting industry. She's always, you know, in the VIP clubs at these football games and Super Bowls. She knows all the players. You know, a vivacious 37-year-old female, not married. Well, she takes uh, the first primary series of COVID-19 vaccines, Malcolm, and this is a disaster. She has a stroke okay. and she's paralyzed on the left side. Hmm. They have to air flight her out from a smaller hospital to a bigger one. Hmm. Then they give her blood thinners to uh, what's called thrombolytics to uh, clot busting drugs to break open the clot and restore blood flow. It does restore blood flow, thankfully, although she's uh, now some, you know, partly paralyzed and numb on the left side. Um, and then a whole series of things happened to her. Uh, within a few months, uh, her period stopped and she completely goes into menopause at age 37. Uh, then she develops a thyroid problem with a rapidly uh, growing thyroid nodule. 
and her blood test turned positive for autoimmunity, that is immune system abnormalities. And uh, that's really indicative of the vaccines and the spike protein, this, um, you know, broad effect that the vaccines do when they install the genetic code for the Wuhan spike protein. And she started telling her story. It was just one thing after mm. another. And uh, she was like, I'm never going to be have children again. Um, you know, just kept, kept, kept going and going. And we're saying, oh, my Lord, when is this story going to you know, end? This is a disaster. She's trying to get appointments with doctors. And she just finished by saying, listen, this vaccine ruined me. And we need to warn others, uh, you know, essentially needs to come off the market. So I was there, Dr. Pete Chambers, who, who's a former Green Bray, retired. He took the vaccine. He was damaged by it. He he would not uh, let any more of his soldiers take the vaccine. So they uh, dismissed him from the military. He was there. Uh, and it was really uh, just some gripping testimony. It's all over social media, Malcolm. There's clips all over the Arizona Senate. Yeah, I mean, she, this Kelly, now she was pretty grave then. I mean, she she could have in that moment, from what you described, sounds like she could have died from it. Oh, the stroke is uh, devastating. We have a, a picture of just how bad she was. She's heads turned to the side. She's nearly unconscious. And um, And the other thing, too, that came out of this, Malcolm, was the gaslighting. So the doctors said, oh, it wasn't um, the vaccine. It was your birth control pills you were on. And she's wow. like, well, I took birth control pills for, for 15 years. And they said, well, no, maybe it's because your arteries are a bit narrow and your carotid arteries in your neck. And it's like, no, that doesn't cause a stroke in a young person. She just took the vaccine. Hmm. I mean, that's what it was. She was exposed to the vaccine. It was just plain as day. And none of those things the doctors described would explain her ovarian failure, her premature ovarian failure. We know from a large uh, UK study called the EVA Project, you know, 78% of women have menstrual abnormalities when they take these shots. Some of them actually go into ovarian failure. They stop having periods and they no longer ovulate. It's over with. And this looks like that's what happened to her. And uh, she develops an autoimmune problem, maybe related to her thyroid, similar to Megyn Kelly, who, you know, mm -hmm. a media right. anchor who comes out and says, uh, you know, she told Trump, she told other people, listen, I, I, I took these shots and now I've got uh, an autoimmune problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, somebody like this in this situation, I mean, she'll she'll never be right. It's, I mean, is that a fair uh, statement? I mean, you don't ever come back from this. I mean. Well, you know, I went over and uh, you know, we had corresponded mm. by uh, by email, and um, mm. I had interviewed her once before, but I didn't see her in person, and she looked much older than what I thought. And I went over to and said hi to her, and mm. and we took pictures, and and then I looked at the picture later on, and I realized she had used her right hand to kind of stabilize herself, kind of grab me behind the back, and then I looked at her left hand, and it was kind of in that curled. Hemiparetic yeah. position, and then I really realized what was happening. So she was compensating quite a bit by using her right arm, but she basically is semi-paralyzed on the left side. She told me her left side, she's numb, she can't feel it. So she, you know, she couldn't, oh, wow. she couldn't, you know, play volleyball, or she couldn't 
go yeah. ride a bike or anything like this. And, oh, uh, God bless her. I mean, 37 no, years old, not well, married, you know? Well, let me, I mean, right. So now correct me on this, but somebody like this, I mean, based on all the rules of everything we've talked about, I mean, she can't sue. Is that correct? I mean, she can't sue anybody, right? And That's is- right. I mean, they're telling us that the COVID vaccines right. fall under the 1986 vaccine exemption um, indemnification legislation, which basically said at that time, mm-hmm. vaccines have unavoidable harm. It's mm-hmm. right. It's written in the legislation. That was when President Reagan was huh. in office. Wow. And on, because they have unavoidable harm, the companies must be indemnified. Right, right. You know, in, in, okay, on its face, what you say there, I, I hear it. But then what makes this so egregious is that it's really irritates. I mean, society pushed uh, with all those rules of what you say, society, put, government institutions, companies, corporations, uh, all kinds of folks push this onto people unsuspecting, even though what you say is there. But some people felt like they had no choice. And then they took it for whatever reason. I don't mean, I don't know why this woman did or whether she had, whether she felt she had a choice or not, and you and I've talked about this many times on air. Some people feel like they just didn't have a choice, but none of this was ever worth the risk of your life and your health, which we've stated so many times. It's unbelievable. There's no job, no college, no friend, no anything that is worth your your life or your health. Correct. It's true, and I think in this case, as I recall. It was done just for travel. She was going to go on some event with friends and they all, you know, decided to take a vaccine to travel. Things like that. People are like, wow, I didn't even need it for my job. I, you know, I wasn't forced to do it. Mm. Um, I bet she regrets that decision. Oh yeah, she does. And, you know, I asked her later on, I said, what happened? And she said, fortunately, her employer Mm. stuck with her. She's had to take a lot of time off. Uh, to try to get back in the swing of things, and you know she didn't lose her job, but some people it's it's really been catastrophic. They've they've lost their job. I have so many patients in the office, Malcolm. They're yeah. devastated by these vaccines. See, this is one of the things. You know, I want to tell you something. This came up a couple of times in recent days uh, on on air with me and with experts on. In regard, you know, just let me say, in regards to President Trump and in regards to Operation Warp Speed and in regards to him never stepping away from his, he has never stepped down from that opinion. I've had people say, you know, he should come out and have done a press conference. He should have leveled with the people. He should have, you know, as you stated before, okay, maybe there were a couple of little things to come out of that uh uh, Operation Warp Speed thing, uh, the monoclonal antibodies, things of the. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. I mean, we talked about all that. But I mean, the vaccines were surely not a good thing. And he has never stepped down from that. And we've speculated how will that hurt him or not. I just, by the way, as a sidebar, I just seen a poll, uh, oh, maybe 24 hours ago, that uh, with Robert Kennedy uh, in regards to the um, the election and that he's taken votes from both Biden and Trump. Hmm. And we were wondering how many he would take from each. And if I recall, I don't have it in front of me, but it was definitely more from Biden than Trump. A lot of people thought it might be the opposite. If I recall, and I'm pretty close, I'm sure, it was about, I think, 12 points from Biden and 10 from around 10 for Trump. Mm. So Biden was taking hit more, which is interesting psychologically about this. But 
Still to this day, I do believe there are good voices out there, good people out there, I should say, that would hold us against Trump for not uh, coming clean, be the best way I could say it with the American people. I know he doesn't like to take blame, Peter, or take fault for anything, and that's not what so much what this is. Sometimes it's just a moment of, of being honest with people and saying, you know, I was led down the road. I was given information, I, which is clearly because he didn't have the expertise in this particular field. He knew nothing about this. So he, he, he believed in people he should not have believed in. But it still is his fault. Leadership starts at the top. And that's where it always has been. And he made the de ultimate decisions on this, regardless of the people around him. So I think this is going to weigh heavily into the election is what I'm suggesting. But you, you listen to the story you're talking about with Kelly and how many countless other people. And this was all avoidable. And, you know, they never stopped pushing this and he never stopped pushing it. And he comes out and still celebrates and says, you know, they did the best thing ever. And it was the best vaccines ever. What the hell is the best? There's nothing best vaccines about those things. They're killers, Peter. It's so hard to know, Malcolm, you know, that all the candidates are heavily mm. advised by, you know, experts that are Man. political experts on, on what to mention. You know, none of the Republican candidates at the debates have really brought it up. Definitely. Kennedy's made it center stage. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Democrats never gave Kennedy the, the light of day. So he, you know, changed to being independent. Yeah. So now by independent, by default, he, you know, he will be a vote taker away from from both candidates. It, it is interesting that differential yeah. that you gave. Um, I think Trump's fallback is always going to be say, listen, I'm not a doctor. And um, I, you know, and he goes, I never would have mandated them. And, I, and just think of a world where the vaccines were never mandated. If there was never a mandate, then yeah, some people would have taken them. Some people would have been harmed, but I, 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 I think the damage would have been far less. Now, the other thing to consider is who in modern day politics or public life, Malcolm, has come out and said, I was wrong. I was wrong and my views have changed. Right. It, it seems like in today's world, it's double down, triple down, never admit you're wrong. Yeah. Well, Trump never admits he's wrong. I mean, let's be sure and clear here. But there's a way to do it. And to be honest with folks without having to use those words, it's not even about saying those words, but it's about saying, listen, I at the time, and it would be accurate to say uh, the entire nation was in duress. I mean, we didn't know what was coming next. I mean, that, that's understood. That's understood. Everybody knew that. Nobody really knew what was happening. We, there were a lot of uncertainties. He, he relied heavily on the government agencies, Fauci and many others, Burks and tons of other people. Walensky, he relied on many other people, Redfield. And they obviously were big. Uh, vaccine believers and and they encourage them to do the lockdowns, do the mandates, do the mask, uh, the whole thing. But and he doesn't even have to necessarily say I was wrong. He just has to say, I mean, you know, it would be refreshing, actually, to see somebody like Trump. I mean, it would never happen to come out and say, you know, my fellow Americans, you know, I, I want to level with you here. I, um, I, I take full responsibility. I screwed up. I mean, I should not have listened to X, Y and Z. And of course, we were under a lot of duress and we made decisions that we thought were the right decisions at the time. They turned out not to be right. 
And to clear the record once and for all, I do not support these vaccines at this point. And we did some things with Operation Warp Speed, but it was not the right move. Looking at this in hindsight, and I want history to judge this, and I want to come out on the record. Now, what's wrong with that, Peter? Boy, I tell you, the way you phrased that, that was just brilliant. I mean, that, that I think there wouldn't be a single American that say, okay, that's it. He, he's my man. That's exactly I, right. I mean, that's the only, uh, you know, the only... Uh, hitch here is is this stand on the vaccines. But somehow people are coached that politics are so partisan. Uh, people are so vitriolic and, and so um, interested in uh, reprisal, retaliation, mm. that, that people are coached, listen, never admit you're wrong. Mm. Just dig in, show strength that to admit you're wrong is a sign of weakness. I think just the opposite. I think to admit one's Amen. wrong Amen. is a sign of strength. And if more people admitted they were wrong yeah. and say, listen, you know, my, my, my views have changed. I, I, you know, I, when I went on Laura Trump's show, his daughter-in-law, um, I, you know, I was careful and uh, it was a good interview. And I said, listen, uh, your father-in-law was lied to. He was lied to. We now know that Fauci was lying. Fauci knew. Do you know Fauci just published a paper with some other authors uh, in one of the major journals that came out today. And Fauci said, well, at the time we were facing a novel virus. Hmm. What a liar. He signed off on the creation of SARS-CoV-2. He His uh, division at the NIH was funding Ralph Barrick and everything. He actually said that today, you're saying. He came out and yeah. said that. So he's still saying that it's a novel virus. Hmm. And Fauci's on many of the governing boards of the World Health Organization. Hmm. He was in on this thing from the beginning and yeah. he's still pretending like he was fielding a novel virus. But, you know, the question is, will America ever really mm. demand that of Trump or any other candidate? It's not like right. any of the other candidates right. are really uh, are really putting this front and center either. No one seems to bring it up. I remember Vivek Ramaswamy was just, he was hesitant saying, well, I took the shots and now I regret it. And he wanted to get off. Oh, Ramaswamy took the shots, huh? Yeah, he took the shots, but he said, you know, if I could do it over again, you know, I'd do it differently, meaning I wouldn't take them. Now, how would a guy like this, who's supposed to be bright, everybody says he's smart, he's this, he's that. uh, Why or how would a guy like that succumb to, uh, really, I don't understand. If you and I, listen, if you and I can not succumb to the pressure and the heat to take those at the moment. Why would a guy like that uh, take them? I mean, he could have done what we did. You know, he's in the highest acceptance rate sociodemographic group. Yeah. Upper income uh, Asian Americans. So Indian, Asian, uh, East Asian Americans. They're the highest acceptance group. Highest. Lowest was African Americans and Hispanics. And it didn't have to do with uh, intelligence or income. And, you know, African-Americans and Hispanics had double the mortality rates than uh, Caucasians for COVID-19 illness. They they were higher risk. Uh, In our center in Dallas, about 85% of our patients were always Blacks and Hispanics. Yet, it was the the Caucasian population and upper socioeconomic status that really quickly reached for these vaccines and accepted the vaccines. And uh, corporate America really embraced these vaccines. Now we've learned that uh, Pfizer and Moderna, their marketing firm, Weber Shandwick, installed 
a marketing consulting uh, units in so many of these companies, and they had a, um, a a marketing program called Plan VX, and that's how to get all the the companies, uh, you know, vaccinated up to certain quotas. They were getting countermeasure money from the government, and you know how to get your employees to accept this vaccine. Uh, and, and maybe lower socioeconomic groups, people worked as self-employed contractors or worked in other uh, types of uh, fields of endeavor, just didn't have all of those uh, focuses. I've always thought it's interesting that like Wells Fargo or some investment company where all their executives are working from home on WebEx would mandate the vaccine. But then a company like Starbucks, where people are crowding in, getting coffee, mm. what have you. No vaccine mandate. I mean, mm. isn't that just wild? It is. You know, I, I, I was thinking too. With uh, we talk about responsibility here. I mean, what would have stopped? Well, you just talk about Fauci and the report today, and I, I was thinking about that, and then Trump and this it, it, their failure to admit the truth. But you know, had any of these cats come out, any of these organizations, group, the government or anything, anybody at all, I think of someone like this young Kelly, who you're talking about, 37 year old woman, mm. and his life is, I mean, just brutally traumatized and changed forever, never will be the same again. Sad, beyond sad, it's it, it's anger. And I think about these people around when you mentioned Fauci, Trump, so many others, you know, what would have stopped any of them, Peter, to come into a mic? and say, you know, listen, this is what we discovered, whatever it is, you know, within the vaccines, but push back against the mandates and say, nobody should be mandating these. The government should not mandate these. Your corporations should not mandate these. Your sports teams should not mandate these. You should have the choice, the decision to make to be able to put these into your body. I don't recall any of these people coming out and having that speech of that moment with the American people to say, and which if somebody influential had done it, it might've stopped everything and it's tracks. And it might've said like, okay, wow. Like, even though they were pushing these untested experimental vaccines onto a public, maybe people would have like Kelly would have given a second chance and thought, you know, Maybe I don't want to take that thing for whatever purpose. And certainly millions of other people who took it for college and jobs and stuff would have rebuked it and not taken it. Does that make sense? It's true. The The issue is, hmm. could a single or maybe just a few public figures of any type, could they have swayed sentiment? Yeah. Like, like, for example, how about Jamie Foxx? Jamie Foxx, let, let's say he really did take the vaccine and he had this devastating stroke. If Jamie Foxx held a press conference and he said, listen, I want to tell people what happened. I took the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I had this devastating stroke. I nearly lost my life, had tubes in my body. And he said, I want to warn others that this can happen to you. Yeah. Or any one of these other major public figures, if they came out and they really said they wanted to warn others, what an impact they could have. Yeah. yeah. And, and you've said that many times, actually, hoping that uh, people of influence, people that were well known would come out on the record. You said that many times. We've said that on this broadcast and yet nobody did. Nobody did. And, you know, then what happened was a legion of independent media people arose and they're not on the major networks, but they have their own um, 
shows and their own media stations. And, you know, I can think of, of a lot of them now, Malcolm, okay. and they came out from the beginning. Nope. These don't look safe. I didn't take them. And let's bring on Dr. McCullough and talk about it. Right. And so that whole kind of counterculture yeah. arose in the media to yeah. a lesser extent with, um, hmm. you know, with, with, with organized labor in sports. You know, I recently had a call with the national Bath basketball association, the NBA, and I didn't sign a non-disclosure agreement, so I can talk about it. And I can tell you, we had the Players Association, we had the league and a former player, and we had the NBA doctor, one of them. And I presented all the information on the safety of the vaccines and what the concerns are, what have you. And um, there was you know, some emails, so let's follow up and decide what to do. And then a few days later, an email came from the NBA uh, we don't have any more concern regarding this. Thanks. And it's not going to be followed up anymore. Wow. So, yeah. That, that was that, huh? <laughs> so, it, you know, if, an, if a basketball player drops uh, and has a cardiac arrest, a pro basketball player, they're yeah. about ready to start their season. Okay. Yeah. This is when the action happens, when they start to play and the big, you know, sprints and the big exertion with the surges of adrenaline. Yeah. If a player drops and have a, has a cardiac arrest, you know, there is now a a bookmark that this call happened. Yeah. And they yeah. were told, you know, they, they said, well, what can we do now? They all took the vaccines or, or you know, oh, well, wow. first they said, well, first they said this, we never mandated the vaccine. Huh. I, said, <laughs> I said, okay, you didn't mandate it. But remember Kyrie Irving, he couldn't even play in his uh, New York arena because they mandated the vaccine. Yeah. Um, you know, others, players were ostracized, had all kinds of problems. But they said, listen, we never mandated it. And I said, well, you know, I suggested, listen, why don't you figure out who took it and who didn't? Because that would help you understand your worry level and who also had COVID. Mm. And then I said, well, you know, you don't mandate it, but do you still encourage the players to get it? Right. I said, well, yeah, right. we still encourage the players. Yeah. I said, well, why don't you drop that recommendation? That yeah. that would be symbolic, right? Yeah. I mean, if the NBA drops yeah. recommendations to take the COVID-19 vaccine, that would be useful. Yeah. No, they wouldn't even do that. Yeah, that's well said. That's great that you would say that. And, and that's a good comeback for that. Uh, listen, the bottom line is that it's egregious enough that they would come out with these, these shots without being properly tested and just being tested in some cases on a few rats or what have you. And then pushing them out onto the public. It's bad enough they did that. And then rushed them to market, which I do not consider a success, by the way, even though Trump, even to this day, says Operation Wall Speed was a success because we rushed the vaccines to market. When you're rushing killer shots to market, I do not consider that a success. Sorry, full stop. I don't I don't care who you are. And so, but you know, that's what they did. That was their game plan. And if that isn't bad enough, and it is. But the worst part about this to me is that they then, it, well, you just said put pressure on people. That's one thing. But then so many people, I remember in the heat of the battle, all the messages we got in here for people who didn't know what to do. They didn't know where to turn. They didn't know wh what decision to make. But they knew that they were going to lose their jobs, their careers, their colleges. I and mean, we got so many messages. And mm. people were like, how many weeks did we read those, Peter? And you kept repeating the same thing. It's not a good trade-off. It's not a good trade-off. Nothing's more important than your health and your life. And yet, you know what I'm saying? No, but that was what made this so wrong is that 
society mandated this on people. They, I, I really can't understand this. It's bad enough you put a shitty product out there. It's another thing that you force people to take it under under great duress. I, I just think this is, um, it's pitiful, really, really sick, you know? It's so true because yeah. when this happened, nobody knew what the social contract was. Do you take a shot and do you have lifetime employment? Are you good? You always said that, by the way. You always said that. Yeah. yeah. Do do you get six months of employment? You got to face this agony again. If you take the shot and you're injured or you die, you you know, you lose your job or or do you get, you know, automatic disability? I mean, there was just, there was no understanding of what the social contract was. And you mentioned the, the possibility of, you know, a a low quality product. Boy, I don't know if you saw the news, but uh, David Spickler published his paper with David Wiseman uh, on both Pfizer and Moderna, and they now show they're both contaminated with the SV40, simian virus 40, uh, DNA plasmids. They presented it to Health Canada, the Canadian authorities. The Canadian authorities agreed the vaccines are contaminated. Now, what does this mean? These contaminants uh, can easily get into cells uh, in the speckler analysis, they're clearly related to side effects, some of the acute side effects, which is very important. Uh, but what we think long term is that the concern is, you know, this is going to make the cells sick. Uh, some of the cells may become cancerous because uh, the simian virus 40 is a known oncogene promoter. So if you have that oncogene, it could turn on a cancer. But in 12 labs or so that have found these uh, these contaminants and you know, Pfizer on their website says they, you know, they do 40 different inspections of the vial, but they've never produced a single inspection report of what they found. The FDA's never commissioned an, an inspection or hired a contractor to do inspections. And these have been out here for for three years now. Nobody's taking them. They've got plenty of vials they could inspect. Uh, there's been no attempt to improve product safety. No. And there still isn't to this moment. Uh, none. Uh, they just keep rolling out. What's the latest, by the way, on this? Is there uh, any? Uh, I, it's been kind of quiet, actually. You know, the season has been sort of quiet, hasn't it? Oh, great point. Uh, AP Press Reuters, October 4th, 2023, reported only 1.3% of Americans have taken the XBB 1.5 booster. Yeah. So it, it's been a complete flop. Yeah. Uh, and what we know now is the rates of COVID are going down, Malcolm. That's what that I thought. This fall yeah. outbreak is actually going down. It was a tiny blip. Yeah. It was led by uh, yeah. by EG5 and FL1.5. Uh, yeah. And the other unique thing about this is this is the most diverse outbreak that we've seen so far. Yeah. Very importantly. So, so no single strain hmm. became hyperdominant. This is very important. So yeah. this may be a sign that the vaccine immunity is kind of out of the population equation and we are back to uh, much more just, you know, the population-based immunity. From zero, I guess. Um, Yeah, but this is an important thing. So, uh, you know, the leaders now, Hmm. EG5 is staying at about the same percentage, 21.2%. I'm reading from yeah. The CDC now cast out through October 14th. So it's been weakened a lot now is what's happened. And... It, well, it's weakened, but it's diverse. Diverse, it, yeah. Diversity, yeah. Yeah. natural diversity is good. Lack of diversity is yeah. bad. 
when we had the big outbreaks before, you know, it would be dominated by a, <clears throat> a single variant, which would just yeah. run rampant. Right. Next one is the uh, now what's moved into um, the second position is what's called uh, HV1. That's uh, 16.8%. Then the mm-hmm. FL 1.5.1. That's uh, 10 point. Uh, uh, that's I'm sorry, uh, 16.7%. And then it, it goes down. Now, the current boosters coded against XBB 1.5, that's essentially gone at this point in time. It's gone. Uh, but this is a very mild outbreak. Yeah. The rates are, are already going down. Uh, we will, um, we're far below any levels of, of any yeah. concern. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're testing people like mad in the emergency rooms, right? And the current rate of anybody even testing positive is under Two percent. I mean, this is great news, and and I I, I suspected it. I really, honestly, did because I I watched this very carefully, and I'm not. You know, you can almost tell because the media they don't have anything to exploit, uh, so they can't jump on the propaganda train and tell everybody the sky is falling to go and get your vaccines because it's going to be a lethal fall season. Uh, and I also think people are taking care of themselves better. People are on top of this. They know what's going on. They know mm-hmm. what the dangers are. I mean, we're far more astute people than we were uh, five years ago. And so we're taking precautionary things. So let's. we're going to jump into a lot of questions here now. And this is Q&A 88. And uh, as we do that, uh, let me just tell you our partnered sponsorships and the way to take care of yourself. Uh, and there are some cool things to do that. And as I, a couple of different things I want to direct you to in AmericaOutloud.shop. The one thing I want to direct you to first is the wellness company. And the, the, one of the, uh, their number one product has been the spike support with the nettokinase, the dandelion root, all the amazing ingredients in that, that has really done an incredibly effective job and help people fight back against this buildup of spike protein. That is well-known, that product now, and people are definitely engaging. There's another product the wellness company has that uh, that uh, our uh, uh, that our own Dr. Peter McCullough helped uh, put together and formulate, and that is the uh, heart uh, for the um, the heart system, the heart and muscle. I think it's heart and muscle, isn't it? I believe it's called. Yeah, the heart and muscle. Yeah, supplement. So it really contains all of the key amino acids and micronutrients that the heart needs in the setting of a cardiomyopathy or some other heart abnormality, but also what the skeletal muscles need. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking it myself now. I, that's why it was on my mind. Uh, but these products, including One Wellness, all the health care of the telemedicine you need is all part of this, including the supplements are part of that. If you in, uh, decide to engage with One Wellness, you get the best information and you get the meds all part of that. It's one low monthly fee, $199. You cannot beat this. It, compared to skyrocketing health care and the cost of health care, uh, it's very expensive, but this is a great plan. And you do get 25% off that first month as well, using the code out loud. All of the meds, you get the 25% off. I don't want to confuse you, but they're also included in that one wellness. So it's 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 a very good plan. Take a, Here's the deal. Go When you go to americaroutloud.shop, do your investigations. Every one of these uh, great companies here, they're all fantastic, by the way. Uh, there's research, there's studies, there's information on there. We, we 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 want those links on there. We want people to be informed. 
And always do your own homework. You, you just can never rely on somebody else. You have to do this yourself. And that's how you do this through the research. We've been very adamant about that with all our partners putting that on there. Uh, so do your own research. Check it out. But One Wellness is a fantastic product. Um, as well, coming into fall season, people really believe in the Cofix and the Clear, which we've really, I think, helped make famous all of the the the, um, the uh, nasal hygiene. Now they have products as well for the throat, because this is where a lot of these germs and uh, viruses are coming in through the throat and through the nose. And Clear does a great job as well. Clear is spelled, by the way, X-L-E-A-R, and that is available at pharmacies, drugstores nationwide. And it's a great product with xylitol, right, uh, Dr. McCullough? And then the Cofix, of course, they have the new throat spray. Uh, and this is a tremendous product. I mean, we, we we don't just talk about it. We use it in our own lives. We use it with our loved ones. Is that correct? That's true. And I think more and more people know about this. So I ask all the patients. And yeah. the, the one important point, Malcolm, is people recover from COVID in the past and the vaccines. The one thing I've noticed clinically is, if they get another episode of COVID, wow, it can be a setback. It really could. I've seen it with people. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it just in recent days and weeks. I got friends who, who so, went so through I tell people, listen, someone coughs on you on the plane yeah. or what have you, make sure you're traveling with a nasal spray. Make sure you have a gargle. Now, you can use Scope or Listerine or Spry gargle. You know, add some iodine to it if you want to. The the all the the sprays and the products they work slightly differently, but they are anti-infective and they're they're actually quite effective against SARS-CoV-2. But everybody needs to have a strategy. Every so often, I talk to somebody. I said, "Do you have a spray now? Do you have a spray?" It's one you know, really big important thing we've learned in the pandemic. Don't wait and try to gobble some pills. The the virus is in the nose and the mouth. If we can reduce the number of, of viral particles replicating the nose and mouth, the nasal uh, mu uh, mucosal immunity can kick in and fight off the rest, and you don't get systemic invasion. Yeah, and th that and that is the key preventive. Stay in front of this thing, not behind it. So take a look, MacRonLove.shop, all the discounts are there. We put a lot of effort into this, uh, to be sure. And we did it for the MacRonLove family, our listeners and readers. That's why we put this together. And it's been truly, truly effective. Uh, people appreciate it. We see all the correspondence that comes in. But the main thing is maintain your health by by being preventive, by being ahead of the curve. And there's a lot of things you can do today. Uh, and we could talk more about some of these in the future, but even healthy cell. I mean, these are things my wife and I learned through going through this and COVID and the importance of our health. You know, I, I guess all too often in life, we sometimes take our health for granted. It is the one thing we've learned through COVID not to do. Never take your health for granted because it can be gone in a moment. And that's why we focus so much on health and well-being here at America Out Loud. I'm so passionate about it and helping people. And that's why we just don't put anything on here, frankly. That's exactly why. So it, we can make a difference in people's lives and this is the way we do it. All right, we'll take a pause here. We're gonna come back to Q&A 88 in just a moment on America Out Loud Pulse. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being 
above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems, and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global Healing giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. And we join you back here. It is Malcolm Out Loud here along with Dr. Peter McCullough on Q&A 88, if you can believe that. In fact, I was thinking the other day, uh, my my um, my dear uh, friend and brother here, Dr. Peter McCullough, has done more media than probably any doctor on the planet. <laughs> Was that a fair statement, Peter? Probably. Uh, I think so. Boy, I, I think love so. the media hours. You, you know, get the also- you get the award. You get the award. But I got to tell you what, nobody has done more media than with you than yours truly right here. Well, the platform has been, (laughs) when you look at McCullough Report, Pulse, Nurses Out Loud, this platform has been clearly the leader in bringing people critical health information, strategies, insights, uh, uh, updates on emerging data. Uh, And I think it's sad, actually, how so many other uh, media outlets really dropped the ball. You know, mm. they move on to some other, whatever the story of the day is, wow. and people tune in because they want to. Well, we've stayed true to that. It's really important. It's our origins. It's what's important here. You know, now that you mentioned that, I want to, this is a good second here moment to mention to everybody. The nurses now, listen to this. This is cool. Really, really cool. They are now, this is, and this is new. It's brand new. They are doing their own Q&As now. And it will be on Mondays. Uh, they'll be Monday. So you can send your questions in. And here's how you can. It's real simple, actually. It's two ways you can do it. 
You can send it directly to them by just typing in nurses at americaoutloud.com is the email. That goes directly to them. So they'll see it immediately. Nurses at americaoutloud.com. They have their own email address on the platform here, and it goes right into their boxes. They see it. They control that. And they'll take all your questions up. A group of the nurses will be on every Monday answering questions, doing the q This is a brand new opportunity to engage with amazing people, passionate uh, smart, intelligent, been on the front lines, went through a lot of things, and they can answer a lot of questions in all there. So uh, that's a brand new segment. And of course, looking for a heal in radio with uh, Dr. Artis and Dr. Schmidt and Dr. Ely, uh, uh, Nicolette Bernadette Burnett, that show is doing amazing. And they also are doing Q&A uh, Fridays. They do Fridays. So they do Fridays. Dr. McCullough and I do Wednesday. <laughs> the nurses got Wednesday and there's others in between, by the way. So that's pretty cool, Peter, huh? It's true. You know, people uh, want their questions answered. Yeah. And uh, it, look at how our public health agencies completely failed. Where is the Q&A that's handled by the public health service, the CDC, the FDA, or handled by academic medical centers? It's, it's absent. Yeah. And you know, here we are, we're four years into the pandemic. It's disrupted all of our lives. Yeah. And our public agency officials are completely unavailable for questions. I remember you said this a couple of years ago, right in the heat of the thing. You said that and stunned me, actually, that because it was a real big it was a, a great leap and a big point that you were making, trying to call them out of their boxes. They never did come out of their boxes. They lied. The, the Redfields, the Walensky's, the Fauci's. Uh, and they stayed in their boxes. But yeah, I mean, just having these Q&As has been real successful. Let's jump into some now. This one is from Rhonda. She says, I just tested positive. Well, it's what you just said moments ago, actually, Dr. McCullough. She said, uh, I just tested positive for the first time with COVID and was wondering what you would recommend for nasal congestion. I'm on day five and my cough is productive, but struggling with congestion. Lost my taste and smell. I, I enjoy your shows and appreciate all the great things you've done educating people. What do you say to Rhonda? You know, when we get to this far into the syndrome and it's really congestion, I like clear. I like the xylitol-based oh. product. It has grapefruit seed uh, extract in it. Uh, you know, two puffs, uh, two, two uh, nasal sprays, probably twice a day more frequently. Um, the big problem there is now congestion and how xylitol works is it, block some of the adherence of, of not only the viruses, but the secondary bacteria that's that's in the mucus to the um, to the mucus cells and the hair cells uh, allows things to clear. And on top of that, it's shifting the microbiome to favorable normal bacteria that's in the nose and the mouth. Uh-huh. And that's what you want to do at that stage. Yeah. So, uh, you know, acutely, I, I prefer the iodine base because you really it's about killing the, the, the viral particles. But when you're this far into it, I think clear is a wonderful approach very and, cool. it's, and it's anti-infective. Yeah, very cool. Now, clear, remember, is spelled X-L-E-A-R. That's a little tricky. So you just want to remember that and you'll find it there out there. So and again, there's a banner ad at shop, shop that'll put you right into all kinds of information that uh, Nathan Jones, the CEO, and his team have on there. Uh, it's, it's well worth a visit. You'll learn a lot. This one's from Celia. Uh, she says, should I give my healthy four-month-old the new RSV vaccine that uses monoclonal antibodies? I thought you covered this in a Q&A with Malcolm, but I couldn't find it. Uh, your thoughts? 
I vote no on that, Malcolm. These monoclonal antibodies, we don't know how they're going to influence the immune system of the growing child. Uh, monoclonal antibodies have never been administered routinely ever to children. Uh, we have no long-term assurances that this is safe. And RSV, while it's common, and there are about 50 to 70,000 hospitalizations or ER visits per year on this, uh, it's very easily treated with albuterol nebulizer. Sometimes we use a budesonide nebulizer. So a normal healthy child, I would say no. A child with cystic fibrosis or who's on oxygen or you know some other extenuating circumstance, I'd consider it. Uh, if someone's really worried about RSV, better than taking a vaccine or a monoclonal antibody, get a home nebulizer. They're probably twenty to thirty dollars. Pick it up at the at the drugstore, and that way you can be ready if the yeah. child becomes wheezy or sick. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, uh, this is a common question that comes. Well, I see it a lot actually, but uh, this is from Deb. She says, "Is it safe to take all three products?" if you are on blood thinners. And we know which three products she's talking about here. What do you say? Natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin. Yes, it's safe. We do this in our clinical practice, but the doctor should be aware, patients should be aware there's increased rates of bleeding. So if we see easy bruising, uh, nosebleeds, bleeding while brushing your teeth, that's a sign that the overall combination could be uh, too severe. If someone's going to have... Um, you know, dental work done. We stop them a couple of days ahead of time. Uh, so it can be done, but just be aware of the excess risk of, of bleeding. It's been manageable. Uh, I've been very involved with this in my clinical practice. I have not seen yet a single case of serious bleeding. We've had some minor, but it's been very easily managed. And listening to Dr. McCullough speak there, friends, please be sure you have your own physician. And again, it's not, we don't do medical advice here specifically. We do educational information to help you. You want to be seeking your own advice with your doctors very clearly. I mean, this is serious stuff. Uh, when you're talking about blood clots and, and this sort of thing, there's nothing to mess around with. Um, and, and blood thinners. Uh, and this is a, uh, one from Nina in a very similar way here. She says, I need help finding a doctor or idea to help me with micro blood clots. I have been sick with long haul COVID for a year. Uh, I'm in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Any ideas? You know, I'm seeing patients really from all over the country now. They fly in. Almost everybody flew in today. So I'm available in Dallas, Texas area as a practitioner. And then uh, certainly Association of American Physicians and Surgeons has a list of physicians. Frontline Critical Care Consortium has a list of physicians. Uh, but I think one's going to have to see a doctor who is not going to gaslight them. Uh, we're not seeing any help from the big academic medical centers right now. People are frustrated. Yeah, that's a good point that, uh, and people are flying into Dallas. And of course, Dallas is an easy place to get into. If you want to schedule with Dr. McCullough, that's the way to do it here. Um, may I ask her, I hope I'm not imposing here, how would people do that? Do they call into the office or how do they go about doing yeah, that? Yeah, they would just call into the office or email and the office number is 972-369-8220. Uh, 972-369-8220. And just let the office know that you, you heard about us online and would like to schedule an appointment and and we'll get we'll get the the ball rolling, but um, you, you know it's going to take some uh, time before this whole 
new specialty is grown, but it is a specialty. We're using unique tests, uh, forms of prescription, and then nutraceutical uh, therapies. We are making progress. Malcolm, I held a, a call with a large number of doctors from the UK. And specifically, I wanted feedback on base spike detoxification with natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin. And the feedback from the doctors was consistent. It takes a while, you know, three, six, nine, 12 months, but people are finally getting better. Very good. You said it would take a while from the get-go. You said give it six, eight months. I remember that. Uh, But, you know, fixing things of this nature does take time. I mean, nothing is an overnight thing. That doesn't surprise me at all, but... Surely it's a means to get better and people should use it. Um, all right. This one, next one is from Roseanne. Uh, don't trust PCR testing, but what about the rapid test everyone is using? Is it just to scare us into the jab also? Huh. The rapid antigen tests are okay. I mean, they are testing for, uh, you know, the protein, one of the proteins on the the virus, they're perfectly fine. I think the two are complementary. If there is a PCR test and the cycle threshold is less than 28, that would fit, you know, diagnostic criterion from the from the CDC, that's fine. Since it's such a big deal to have a, you know, be COVID positive, I've always thought have a PCR and an antigen test. Both are positive, you've got a diagnosis. You know, with HIV, we don't diagnose it from a single test. We always have confirmatory testing. But the the, the short answer to the question is, yeah, the antigen tests are fine. If one is really concerned, you know, do it twice. Make sure both are positive. Okay. This one's from Edith. Uh, Dr. McCullough has spoken about the sore arm being an indication that people have inflammation everywhere. Does this mean that everyone who is vaxxed have inflammation on the heart, brain, or any other organ? Or is it only the people who had one of the hot lots that should be concerned? We simply don't know, although this recent paper by Nakahara showing nearly everybody who took the vaccine that had a cardiac PET scan, positron emission tomography scan, turned abnormal, Malcolm. Almost every heart looked abnormal on this form of imaging where the heart shifted from free fatty acid to glucose metabolism, which is kind of a diseased pattern. It was very disturbing. Those who had a sore arm even had a more amplified pattern on their PET scan. But we don't know, I'd say conversely, if someone did not have a sore arm looking at all the published data, I think they're in the free and clear. They must not have had much vaccine content actually in the injection. But those who had a sore arm, who got systemically ill early, I'm really worried about it. Last patient I saw today, she took a shot. She could feel it kind of crawling up her arm and her neck. She got violently ill within a few hours. It's two years later, Malcolm, and she's wrecked. And she has multiple organ systems involved. So all the shots are different. Look that look it up on how bad is my batch. Look up the vaccine card and have a sense of of, of what risk really one took with the shot. Okay. Uh, here's an interesting one from Sun. Uh, says, where can we find studies to justify not getting flu shots? I've not heard of this. Her employer is requiring and I is requiring them. And I would like to make the case to convince my doctor to provide an exemption since I am recovering from breast cancer, chemo and reconstruction. Wow. I go to World Council for Health. I just look at their position statements regarding vaccines. They're really calling for a halt now 
on, on all the vaccines because uh, the COVID vaccines have been added to these schedules. The vaccines that exist are not very effective. And none of the agencies have shown enough uh, concern regarding safety. So go to World Council for Health and you should be able to find a position statement to support that. Okay. This one's from Jonah. Uh, says, uh, I took two shots two years ago and I'm getting more worried with each passing day. Is SV is SV40 in all vials of Pfizer? And have I altered my DNA? SV40 does appear to be in the vials of Pfizer, probably all of them. And it really is a matter of concentration. And um, hopefully a small mosaic of cells may have been exposed to SV40. Maybe many of those cells were able to manage it, didn't take it up. Those who took it up were able to you know, edit the SV40 out or dissolve it with uh, DNA aces. We simply don't know. I think people uh, should be watchful. I've given the general advice. If someone is a cancer survivor and they've taken these shots, I think they should visit their oncologist, potentially have a restaging exam to see if cancer has returned. Those at risk uh, by familial grounds or other, otherwise they may want to have an office visit a bit sooner. We don't want patients to get burned with what's called turbo cancers that is getting behind on a cancer and that's so far advanced that you lose an opportunity for treatment. Yeah, we're hearing more and more of that for sure. Last one here from Martin. Uh, listen to this. It's kind of a profound one. Dr. McCullough and Malcolm, when will this nightmare end? I just can't take any more. I saw the good doctor speak about PET scans on the heart that showed 100% of vaxxed and it changed in the metabolism of the cardiac. How long after the vax were these scans done? And does this mean everyone is going to have a cardiac arrest or is it temporary? I took two shots and had a sore arm. Am I at risk? The Nakahara paper and cardiac pet, the scans were done out to six months and they still were abnormal. It uh, doesn't mean everybody's going to have a cardiac arrest. PET is a very um, sensitive screening tool. And the answer is we simply don't know when the nightmare is over with, but we do know one thing, that it's related to this spike protein and that base spike detoxification with natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin is the one proactive step that everybody can take uh, without seeing a doctor and at least try to reduce the burden of spike protein in the body with the hopes that that would translate to you know, a healthy outcome. So in the absence of anything else right now that's out there, base spike detoxification, natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin, you can go on America Out Loud website platform, and we should have it, Malcolm, I think, under COVID resources. We do. Yeah, that's right there. COVID resources on the left sidebar at americaoutloud.news, and it's right there. There's all kinds of great resources under the COVID resources there for sure. Okay, that is a wrap from here, friends, on Q&A 88. A lot of, a lot of good stuff here. Um, be happy, keep smiling, and uh, stay healthy. Thank you for joining us on the mission. On America Out Loud Pulse, always a beat ahead.